Hey, hey, thanks for pressing play and welcome once again to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Suns fans, we're going to have some fun tonight. The Suns defeat those pesky Dallas Mavericks for the second game in a row, winning by a score of 109 to 108. Matthew, how stoked are you for this win, especially on on a Devin Booker buzzer beater? Oh, God, we are spoiled as Suns fans. Seriously, like we are spoiled this year with these players we got, the big ball players we have on this team. Chris Paul and Devin Booker just taking over the fourth. And God damn, I don't even know what to say, man. I honestly, we were talking about right before we went on and we were like, if they would have lost this game, it'd been okay. Like it was a close game. You knew it was a back-to-back playing the same team. But dude, I don't even understand how we won this, but God bless us. God bless the Suns. Just, just fantastic. What a win. Uh, you know, these are the games that I feel like too often are taken from the Suns. We don't win them. And we yeah. won this one tonight. Chris Paul went absolutely off. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was kind of fumbling, not having the greatest game. So we'll cover that in eight and watch. But plenty of things to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. And then we're doing one of our favorite segments. We're going to be doing the quarter season jammies where we hand out our awards a quarter of the season through and talk about what our expectations are moving forward. But as always, before we get into all that, we'd like to thank everybody who's joining us, whether you're listening to the <laughs> podcast on the Bright Side Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching via YouTube, go ahead and subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button. Give us a thumbs up button for that Devin Booker shot, baby. Hit that bell. Notifies you every time we go live. And you can follow the show on Twitter, at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter, at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lucy. Plenty of talk about Jamsters. I know that everybody is psyched up. Psyched up. You got people in the chat. Is is Chris Paul our permanent Jam star? I don't know. We might have to talk about that. Joseph Mendoza. (laughs) The question is, is is Chris Paul an MVP this year? That's the question we got to (laughs) answer. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, pl- plenty to talk about on this edition. Yeah. So if you got a beer, I'm, I'm drinking a Dos Equis tonight. <sniffs> got to crack that bad boy open. Cheers, Suns fans. What a win. A quality win for the Phoenix Suns as they win both games in Dallas and now find themselves at 11-8. and eight. Matthew, my first question for you, I got to know, how quality of a win was this one? It was very quality. I don't even know. Just They could not hit from downtown. They didn't learn their lesson, really. They're still jacking up the three, so that would have been one thing if we would have lost this game. But like, why are they still shooting the three? But you know what? It, always, it doesn't always work out that way for the Suns, obviously, this year. Either they're hot or they're not. They won it on the inside, even in the paint, later on in the game. But actually, who am I kidding? They won it because Chris Paul could not miss a shot. He was the one of the monsters from mid-range. Booker was the other one. Booker actually was getting it going from three today. So just it was an all-around effort, really, besides maybe DA. There's a few, Etwan Moore, maybe a couple players here and there. They have a great game. But, I mean, their defense really held up at the end. They played great against Luka, great against Porzingis, who's just now coming back. So it's just the Suns really are just that team now to where – 
whatever is going on in the game, what whatever they're failing at offensively or defensively, they have a chance in the end to win it because we have big ball players like Booker and Chris Paul. You know, we just we have those guys now on our team that can seal the deal when they want because they want to win every game. They want to win every one of these games, and you can see it on the floor. So, how are you feeling though, dude? What do oh, you think? I'm- I'm feeling great, obviously, as I'm sure much of the Suns fans are. And it's like you said, kind of at the beginning of the podcast, if the Suns would have lost this game, I wouldn't necessarily have been upset. I feel like it was a tough game. When you have those games back to back against the same opponent, your expectation is that the opponent is going to adjust. And we've seen the Suns do it like when they beat the Kings. And even when we lost to Denver in our back to back, we really played well without some of our key players because we made key adjustments. And the Mavericks did the same thing tonight. They went to the rim early and often. Richardson had his, had his way essentially in this game. You also had, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, both both of these guys were just like, listen, we're going to go to the rim early and often, try to draw those fouls, very similar to what we saw when the Mavericks played the Suns in the bubble. So knowing that, knowing that Porzingis was back and his shot deterrence would negate a lot of the Suns' ability to probably want to go down into the lane and, and force the issue at the rim, all of these different factors combined for a game that I knew was going to be tough coming into it. And then the Suns couldn't hit a shot. I think that was very key uh, early on because that was going to be the key to success. Porzingis is a shot deter. The guy's seven foot three. And when he reaches up, he can almost touch the shot clock. I mean, he's huge. So those early and often baskets that we were getting against them uh, a couple nights ago weren't occurring. So the key was going to be the three point shot. And frankly, uh, the the Suns won despite their real shitty three point shooting. Yeah, they did. I mean, they wouldn't stop. When they came out in the second half, I think Booker hit a couple. Cam finally got two in a row, which was great. Um, you wanted to see that. Um, but they wouldn't stop. And Porzingis, the thing with me, I feel like he's very frail under the basket. He doesn't really line up well defensively if he's trying to stop someone one-on-one. You saw Chris Paul basically take it to him. It's funny because we have DeAndre Aiden who can actually guard the the point guards very well in this league. He can stay in front of them. I mean, you saw tonight with Luca, whoever he was guarding on the uh, the perimeter, he does a very very fantastic job. But uh, Porzingis isn't that guy either. So I, I I wanted to see. I know he's very tall. Porzingis is he's seven three. He's a guy. He's long. But I wanted to see Aiden take him more. I feel like Aiden could have got a shot over him whenever he wanted. Um, I thought he would be more aggressive towards him. Um, but that's always a question with Aiden, whether or not he's gonna be aggressive or not. But the threes wouldn't go, but they wouldn't stop. But I liked it when Chris Paul would take over and just make those mid range shots. That was beautiful. Um, going into the paint though, I would have wanted to see it more though. I think they only had thirty four points right in the paint total for tonight. Mm-hmm. So I would have wanted to see more compared to the Mavericks fifty, but. That's just something they need to improve on, and luckily we escaped with a win. Well, and Aiton started off going to the basket early with a little bit of authority. The first few possessions, I was like, okay, they're going down, they're hitting Aiton. Um, of his 10 points, he had eight of them in the first yeah. half. So he uh, he really came out and was like and was exuding his dominance, and I feel like he started to get a little touchy in the, in the second half because he had a couple shots blocked by – by Porzingis. He had a couple things not go his way. He he was being pushed off the block and he no longer was exerting his uh his physical dominance that he should have had in this game. And I guess if if you look at Aiden Watch 2021. 
that's the story this year is he's a little bit inconsistent with how he determines whether or not he's going to be physical. Now, granted, we've talked about this before, but this is a third year player. A center typically takes a little bit longer to develop and learn where his spots are. Uh, and I think that Chris Paul having the ability to uh, have the game that he did is a credit to DeAndre Ayton. Ayton was pulling some gravity down with him on those high screens and rolls and things of that nature after he came out and was dominant in the first half. and Not dominant, but was average in the first half and, and was a, a problem for the Mavs to where it opened up Chris Paul completely. And what a game Chris Paul had. I mean, I, I'm still in awe of a man who's ne- nearly 36 years old, how effortless it is, how he is truly a monster of the mid-range, and he makes teams pay very consistently for dropping down on DeAndre Ayton. That's that's the positive of DeAndre Ayton. He might not have had a dominant game. I mean, he, he took the ball down a few times, and it was slapped away, and you don't want to mm-hmm. see that, of course. But at the end of the day, the Suns walk out of there with a victory despite him only going – for 10 points. Yeah. There were times where Aiden would receive the ball or try to receive the ball inside. It wasn't there. That's always still an issue of just trying to get in the ball. But even today, tonight he was looking like he, he was just watching. He wasn't really expecting the ball. There was that Paul or that there was that ball that was, that's hard to say. There was that ball that was passed to him from Chris Paul mm-hmm. um, towards the end of the game where he thought Chris Paul was going to shoot it. And like, why not? I mean, Chris Paul seriously did not miss a shot tonight from mid range, but it was right to Aiden and Aiden would have had a nice little lay in there, but he just wasn't paying attention. Those are things that's like, okay, so you were playing with Ricky Rubio. That was always a question like, DA, you just got to be ready for the ball because Rookie Rubio, like not as good as Steve Nash, but he's always going to try to find you and get you the ball. You have to be, you have to expect it. Chris Paul's the next level to where he'll find you whenever it's like, un, it's not predictable for the defense. You know what I mean? And that's what it was. So I think he really has to like dig deep and really kind of just pay attention to make sure that when that does happen, you can grab it. I mean, he did have the 17 boards and it seemed like, Usually this year, Aiden's getting the offensive boards, good positioning a lot of the times. He couldn't really get those balls tonight where even though he has 17, 17 rebounds with six offensive. He could he, have more. He, I feel like he could have had more. A lot of those he always gets. I'm not blaming him at all. I'm just saying a lot of those didn't go his way tonight when they usually do. Um, but he he was fine. I just, I don't know. I just want to see the aggression, of course. That's only knock tonight, really. But a win makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, and I, I don't want to sit here and say if we lost, it would have been like, let's just rail DeAndre Ayton because there's always yeah. opportunity for his his improvement. Uh, he had my birthday today. He went for 10 and 17, 10.17 rebounds. I'm, I'm a 10-17 19, baby. 10-17, so. huh? 10-17. <laughs> okay. So, so very, very great to see that. Um, it was interesting, you know, as I switched gears a little bit off of DeAndre Ayton, uh, Crowder, you know, with Devin Booker back, Crowder was back, yeah. back to the bench, and Cam started early. Uh, missing a lot of shots. You know, he, he's getting that start over Jay Crowder, 0 for 3 from the three-point land, uh, or from the three-point land, and 1 for 5 for a total of two points in the first half. He ended with a total of 10, uh, 2 for 6 from 3, and hitting some big threes late in the game. Uh, but from a starting standpoint, do you think that Jay Crowder is the right choice to be going to the bench, or should it be Cam? I know we kind of go back and forth on this. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I've always just thought it should be Jay Crowder. I mean, I would like to have him in the starting lineup just for the experience. He, he'll he have inconsistent games, of course, but even off the bench, it's going to be worse for him. I know someone posted the stats on Twitter where he's just he's been worse coming off the bench. Starting-wise, the Suns' record's even better with him in it. Uh, I don't think that has a lot to do with the decisions that Monty's trying to make. I think he just saw that Cam Johnson was making improvements, and he wants to get him in there quick 
to kind of help the offense. But I was looking at like the Lakers, Marcus Saul, he's putting up like three points a game and like three assists, but he's starting every game for the Lakers. Like you just have to have those pieces. I feel like the veteran pieces in there for the lineup to continue to try to develop. They were, they were struggling, but I mean, they still kind of are Booker had a great game tonight, but individually like they're not there yet either. And I think it's just making it more of a, uh, just a, just a mishap really with the offensive lineup. But I mean, what do you think though? You think he should just stay? I mean, we do talk about this a lot, but Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking he should stay in the lineup, the starting lineup, Jay Crowder. Well, uh, Jay Crowder, as Infinite Tranquility mentions in the chat, he couldn't shoot either tonight. No, you know, he, he, could not. he ended up going one for nine from the field and 0 for four from uh, downtown. Yeah. Um, I, I look at it like this. It's not about necessarily who starts. As you said, Marcus Gasol's three and three. Like, who really cares? I think it's about who finishes and who has the better game. And I think yep. that giving Cam opportunities to start is going to do nothing but boost his confidence. Uh, having Jay Crowder come off the bench is a veteran leader. And then you just kind of mesh those players as matchups present themselves throughout the game. So it's something that I'm, I'm always attuned to and I'm keeping an eye on. But at the same time, whether it's Crowder or whether it's Johnson, that's your fifth offensive option from your starting five. So it's yeah. it's going to go Booker. It's going to go eight and it's going to go CP3, McHale, and then insert last player here. So I really don't think it's something that, the Suns need to focus on too much. I feel like they've been more successful with Cam in the starting lineup, so I don't want to move away from that. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to, right? They're just going to keep it the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, too, I was thinking about Cam Johnson and uh, Mikhail Bridges today, really. The one thing I liked, Mikhail had like, um, he would take it to the rim, but then a few times he would just throw it up there when he was like a mid-range. It wasn't like a floater. You know, he gets into the paint and he'll throw it up there with like his right arm or his right hand, his shooting hand. And it's like a floater, but it's like a jump shot too. It's kind of weird, but I like that. I think he missed both of them, but I mean, I like him just doing that and Cam Johnson doing that too as well. I mean, he did Cam Johnson did start going to he did start getting the threes to go down in the third, but just more than just going to the rim. I just want that confidence when Mikhail turns the corner and he has the vision of the rim, just take it. Like, don't even worry about the the extra pass because he's a little bit slower on the passes out to where they get a little bit deflected and they're not as crisp right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I feel like Mikhail could really work on his left hand. I know that he drives sometimes to the basket, yeah. and the only opportunity that's left for him is on the left side, and he tries to kind of do this funny right-handed back-to-the-hoop uh, layup and he's done it a couple times this season he's 0 for 2 on those if he just went to the left hand it'd be an easy layup so I know you love the floater you love the mid-range game I love and, the and floater <laughs> it, it keeps the defense honest and it opens it up more opportunities sometimes I feel like it looks like they're trying for a floater or they're trying to just throw it up there knowing DA's down there and hoping he can grab it and put it in so again opportunities for both Mikhail Bridges and for Cam Johnson because Mikhail Bridges also didn't necessarily have the greatest of games he too ended with 10 points. It's funny because of our starters, you had three of them started with 10 points and the stories on how they all got there was very, very different. Mikhail Bridges ended with 10 points on 12 total shots. He went four for 12 from the field, 0 for four from downtown. And then you had DeAndre Ayton went five for 12 and you had Cam Johnson went three for eight and all of them ended with 10 points. Uh, You don't want to necessarily see that, but you need that support from the bench and the team went with a 10-man rotation tonight. Uh, Langston Galloway and Etwan Moore were the first two off the bench. And actually, Langston Galloway was the first one to hit a three for the Phoenix Suns. They were 0 0 for 6 up to that point. 
And the advantage of Etwan Moore, seeing as Cameron Payne is still out, is he does something that Cameron Payne does as well. And I like that. And it's he pushes the pace. And I think that although he isn't necessarily a great distributor, he did end with three assists in this game and went one for three from the field. So he went two and three. Uh, Cameron Payne obviously puts up better statistics than that and drives to the hoop more. I do yeah. like that Etwan Moore is pushing the pace with that second team because that second team really righted the ship a couple times tonight, right? Yeah, they did. They helped him out, especially in, I think it was the third quarter, fourth quarter, with Kaminsky kind of leading the way. Kaminsky has, usually we're used to like one or two great plays a year, but he's really just killing it and trying to find players on the offensive end. He has those plays where it's like the offensive foul, um, you know, just a shitty shot, something like that, bad pass, but he's he's more, he's doing better more often than none on the offensive end. Like he's really making those minutes work for him, especially filling in for Aiden. I know he's not going to be the greatest, but just really quick, I want to go back to, um, so Booker in the first half, I just want to say this before I forget, Booker had four points and I wrote in my notes, I said going into the half, or going into the second half, Booker needs 20 points for us to win the game. He finished with 24 points from that three. I don't know why I just wanted to share that because I just realized that. So I don't know. No Strelissi over here. You <laughs> predicted 20 points and that we needed every one of those 20 yeah. points because he had that buzzer. You'll never know if I'm telling the truth or not, but <laughs> I, I I'll trust you on that one. No okay. Thanks, um, Frank Kaminsky, though, man, I mean, him being serviceable, serviceable these last few games with Sarnich out has been absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. You got to give him credit for stepping up. He went three for four in the first quarter, had the last seven points. I mean, the Suns looked dead on offense. Thankfully, the Mavericks did, too. But it was Frank Kaminsky coming in who kind of leveled the playing field. And then if you look in the second half, the Suns were down 11 points when Frank Kaminsky came in yep. the game. Down 11, and then they take the lead uh, with him on the court. I mean, I'm not saying that Frank Kaminsky is the jam star of the game or the the, the MVP of this team, but (laughs) he's providing those quality minutes, and the way that he's been passing and distributing from the five has been uh, way more than I think any of us expected. Exactly. I think he he drew one double team tonight, which was pretty crazy. Because I feel like we've only like we only doubled Luca like twice tonight. So Kaminsky got a double team, and what he's bringing too, I just I don't know. It's you can tell he's playing great when you look at the box score. He only played 15 minutes, and I'm like, are you sure? Because I feel like he was on the floor for like 30 of those 30 minutes of the game. The key I feel like was in every possession. It's like oh Kaminsky's there, but it was only 15 minutes. That's when you know your bench player is playing great when he's filling out those minutes like double time. You know what I mean? Playing Absolutely. bogey golf a little bit. <laughs> it's very, very well put. Uh, it, it, another thing I want to talk about is just the way that Richardson plays defense and the way that he was doing it on Devin Booker. He was definitely pestering him this whole game. And the fact that Devin Booker hit a game winner just makes me smile because it, it showcases Booker, who, who's coming off of what, four games missed with a hamstring. So his legs yeah. aren't necessarily under him yet. Uh, one for seven from the field in the first quarter, or I'm sorry, in the first half, ending nine for 19 with a total of 24 points, uh, zero assist, not really having the ability to play make. It was Josh Richardson all over him all night, yes. put him in tough situations and just, you know, that's why you got to love Devin Booker. What is the value of Devin Booker to put all that shit behind him and to rise up and hit a game winner, you know, very much like he did in the bubble, just a clutch shot, uh, I saw somebody mention in the chat a little bit earlier. It's unfortunate that uh, on um, NBA TV, they're talking all about Luca right now. Here we go. Carlos Miramon. It's crap. NBA TV just showing love to Luca and the Mavs instead of recognizing what the Suns were able to do on the road and Booker's clutch gene. 
Well, I mean, it's Luca's just kind of. Line. I mean, I can look at it right now, but I, I just haven't looked at the Mavericks it's, very much. It, it's just the the, the standard. Yeah, twenty five points, eight assists, five boards. Uh, I saw somebody post on Twitter today. You know, he should have got Player of the Month. They showed all his stats, but the the Mavericks were horrible. And this is their sixth loss in a row. But again, it just kind of shows you. That's what Booker's going against. I mean, when he made yeah. that bank shot, when it, when Richardson was all over him and he didn't get the foul, it's just kind of that consistent lack of respect that he receives. That I know uh, they were talking about on the Suns broadcast. It's like he just he just doesn't doesn't get that respect. Whereas Luca, if he crosses over and fumbles the ball, it's a foul on eight, and it's just it's frustrating to watch. I'm a Suns fan, so obviously mm-hmm. I'm gonna be anti that. I mean, what about the carry? What about the behind oh, yeah, the back yeah. carry into a yeah. double jump shot? And it's like just not yeah. called at all. I mean, it's just <laughs> if Booker tries that stuff, they're teeing him up because he's frustrated right after the play. He's like, come on. They're like technical. I mean, mm. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's insane. And I think that that shot that Booker took was perfect. I didn't want them to shoot a two. Usually I'm like, just score two and go in overtime. But no, Suns are 0-2, I think, this year. Or 0-3. Maybe if there was another overtime. I just can't remember right now, but they lose every overtime. So I'm like, shoot a three. And it was actually a great shot because he got up and he was straight. He wasn't fading away, really. It was a little bit of a fadeaway, but he looked like he had a great look at the rim. You know what I mean? I didn't even watch. I actually wasn't in the corner. Yeah, it wasn't fading away in the corner. It was yeah, a good looking that, that's shot. That's normally dude. the last shot for Booker is a fadeaway in the corner and we he, it gets blocked. So it was nice to see him hit that that shot. Man, it's just I, I'm still yeah. so amped. It sucks when those the, I like it's gonna be hard to go to sleep tonight because <laughs> you just you get so amped up wow. for those kind of shots. It's so fantastic oh, to see God. Devin Booker kind of silence everybody. I saw somebody earlier in the game on Twitter. And this is, you know, the disadvantage yeah. on Twitter, I guess, mentioning how it's like, you know what, I think <laughs> I think Booker's a little overrated. I think it's time to sell high on him. It's like, well, hold on. He's been gone for four games. Let him get his legs under him. Okay, yeah, this is a exactly. video game. Look at, and, Look at yeah. What the hell is he doing? He's like a freaking – he looks like he belongs to the circus right now. I don't even know what he's doing on the court. Well, I'll tell you what. He's deter- deterring a lot of shots for the Suns. That's why. Shooting those threes from, like, mid-court. Oh, like, I know. I would, that would drive me nuts. Is that, if that was my center – if that was Aiden, I would be pissed even more. Yes. No, very, very true. I mean, taking those deep shots. Imagine them or uh, DeAndre Aiden doing that. Imagine that how, you, how you would feel, Suns fans. You'd probably be pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> A lot of whistles started showing up in the third. Seven on the Suns, five on yeah. the Mavs. Um, obviously, we mentioned that a little bit, you know, kind of some of those carries and things of that nature. But again, I just – we got to talk about CP3, man. I mean, he carved Porzingis tonight. Any chance he could, he would get into a switch, and he just would dance to the point where we could make a whole highlight reel of him just dancing and, and Porzingis, the unicorn, looking like a baby calf out there stumbling and fumbling over his own legs. I mean, how fantastic was it watching Chris Paul, the point god, end the game with 35 points, nine assists, and nine yeah. rebounds, his last assist being the one to Devin Booker for the win. Oh, it was nice, you know, because he knows this is Booker's team, right? He trusts Booker just like Booker trusts Paul. But what is just so fantastic is like this is the best backcourt in the NBA. Yes, and it's the Suns' backcourt. They once they trust, they trust each other already. But once they're used to actually playing with each other, which usually takes what are we twenty games in? Twenty nineteen. Nineteen. I'm sorry, I'm not looking at the record right now. Nineteen games in. I, I we said before, like takes twenty games really to. And book's been out four games, but mm-hmm. you can see that they're playing off each other very well. And just 
even though Chris Paul had a hell of a night, this is still Booker's team. And for him to take that shot, I'm not even pissed about it because he got going in the second half. So I think he deserved that too as well. Speaking about dancing, yeah, it's like Chris Stops and Chris Paul were basically dance. Like Chris Stops is like the nerdy guy trying to dance with a beautiful woman and Chris Paul and just goes, it's a disaster. The first scene of a terrible movie in a high school, you know, that dance that they have and mm-hmm. he gets embarrassed in front of everybody. That's the way it was. No, it's like Back to the Future. Where at the very end, <laughs> Thompson is dancing and the nerd guy kind of comes up. He's like, hey, 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 fly. <laughs> you know, that's Porzingis trying to dance with him. He's yeah. dancing all horrible. And then Chris Paul, a.k.a. Marty McFly's dad. What's his dad's name? I don't know. I don't like the movies. What George McFly. Sorry. Wow, that's bad. I love the Back to the Future. I'm sorry. I'm Chris Paul. Chris Paul is George McFly and just pushes him down, kisses mm-hmm. Leah Thompson. Marty McFly's up there playing Johnny Be Good and the Suns win. I mean, that's how this went tonight. He was dancing all over CP or uh, all over Kristaps Porzingis. Unbelievable. I mean, it was just so much fun to watch. And again, I, I'm surprised considering how uh, he's almost he's almost 36, man. I mean, he's yeah. making it look. He, he is the Suns All Star so far this year. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll get it, we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit, I guess. Um, yeah, I'll I'll change it to the next segment. And that is our jam session predicts. And after this game, I'll take a look. Let's see. That puts us, I'm at two and two and you are two and two. I predicted the Suns would win this game. You predicted they, that they would lose. Yeah. Yes. We're tied, that, baby. I hate, but I hate that. It's like, if they lost, I'd have been like, you know what? But my record looks good at three and one. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been happy about that maybe, but you know, it's good to be two and two with you, John. We're doing this together, right? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay, that's well. Let's try to predict the next game. You know, next up on the schedule for uh, real quick, uh, Miss Angelina Chat. I hate Dallas. I think we all hate Dallas, and we went three and zero against them this year. Like, how fantastic is that? Yes, it's the Super Bowl for us, right? It's like the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, when they beat the Cowboys. You know, they start tearing stuff down, and that's the way it is. I'm just joking. It's not that way at all. It's not that way. It's just nice to beat the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, eight one, eight and versus. Uh, Luka Doncic, the Suns are eight and one, and, and I believe uh, Aiton's eight and zero oh against Luka, and he blocked him. And yeah. you know, but they're interviewing Luka after the game or whatever. So next up on the schedule for the Suns is the Pelicans. We play them seven thirty on Wednesday. I believe that's a nationally televised game. Matthew, who's going to mm-hmm. win that one? I'm going to pick the Suns in this one. You know, they're not a very scary team. A lot of good pieces, the Pelicans, but they're going to be trading away. A little bit of the roster for that coming up. You know, I've always been a big Lonzo Ball fan being traded to the Houston Rockets. Didn't happen. So another team might be looking for him. So this is a team that's not gelling. They got good pieces, but it's not really working out. I mean, they just lost to the Kings. You don't want to lose to the Kings after beating the Bucks, even though the Bucks, I don't think they're even that good. Um, is that weird to say? I just don't trust mm-hmm. them that much. I just don't trust the Bucks right now. But yeah, um, I think the Pelicans, this is, should be an easier game for the Suns. Um, I don't really think that they have a great team right now, and they're looking for now a lot of these players. So what do you think, man? What do you think is going to happen? Win or I'm, loss? I, I'm with you. I think the Suns win this game. We beat them by, what, 25 earlier in the season. I think they're a team yeah. that's still trying to figure a lot of things out. They're not very good defensively. Uh, they're going to try to get out and run. I think with Zion and and Stephen Adams and Jackson Hayes, obviously our interior is huge, and hopefully we have D- Dario Saric back. I know he didn't come on this road trip, but he so he was working on his conditioning back in Phoenix. This game is in Phoenix. Hopefully Dario's back because he obviously helps this team out big time. Uh, looking at some what some of the people are saying in the chat, you got Blaze Megatron Suns win one twelve to one hundred five. 
You've got Jay Pizzell saying a blowout again. Infinite Tranquility says W. Um, mm, I like this. I like it. I mean, there's this like is a team that we should beat. And that, that's the key for the Suns is we're going on a stretch upcoming in which we're playing against different teams that we should technically beat. You look at the schedule. Uh, our next game, again, is against the New Orleans Pelicans. And then we play the – oh, it's in New Orleans. Oh, my bad. I thought it was – I thought that was at home. So no Dario then. No Dario. But then we yeah, come no home. Yeah, we play the Pistons. We got the Celtics at 12 o'clock on Super Sunday. And then we got the Cavs, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Magic, the Nets. So – uh, a chance to run we'll off see. some wins. I mean, this is we'll three see. in a row for the Phoenix Suns. Absolutely huge, 11 and 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what you need. I mean, this team dropped down to 500. Now they are uh, 11 and 8. And I don't know exactly where we stand in the NBA right now. Um, but of course, I have a computer in front of me, so I'm sure I can pull that up. Yeah, We're currently let's the try sixth this thing seed. Out. Succeed, okay. <laughs> Succeed currently. So I don't know if there's other games going on right now that might affect that. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, again, uh, absolutely paramount to win this game. Um, I, I think I know the answer to this one, but Matthew, can you tell me who your... Jam star of the game. Who's the jam star of the game, Jamsters? If you're in the chat, let us know. Matthew, who's the jam star of the game? Oh, just a beautiful man named Chris Paul. CP3. That's all I got to say. No Too explanation, right? Easy. We talked about the whole lot. Two... Easy. But you could give it to Book. I mean, he hit the shot. That's true. I, Ooh, I, I like, like what Ross Rogers says. The backcourt. Just the backcourt. There you go. There you go. That's the correct answer. The Suns' backcourt tonight carried this team. A total of 58 mm-hmm. of the 109 points. That's. I, but I'll give a shout-out to everybody else who's in the chat. Thank you ever so much if you are joining us. Remember to follow us and hit that. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs-up button. We appreciate it. Cedar Stone, CP3. Miss Angelina, CP. Sunders Dunk, CP3. Emac and AZ, D-Book. G Sandoval, CP3 for sure. Mark Close, CP3. Infinite Tranquility, CP3. Grim Reaper. Grim Grim Reaper. Grim (laughs) Ripper, who, by the way, had a birthday two nights ago. Yeah. Happy birthday to you, CP3. Blaze Megatron, D-fucking-Book. I love, I love it. Kareem uh, Ashraf, CP3. Colton Brooks, CP3. I'm loving mm-hmm. this, man. All the jamsters are coming out tonight. Vikings, <laughs> CP3. Corey Jones, D-Book. So we're getting some D-Book love in there. Um, mm-hmm. I did want to bring up, who who put this in here? Uh, DA and Kaminsky. <laughs> <laughs> Where was Abdul Nader tonight, man? Where was everybody? You know, it's like we watch these games. I'm like, who is not playing? Like, I feel like I'm missing something. There's like four guys that usually play that we're not playing tonight. Right? I mean, it was yeah. Nader. Uh, of course, Carter's not really playing ever again until something bad happens to another uh, Suns player for injury or something. But I just, even Dario and just campaign like they're not playing so it's just like these wins are just so crucial what's just missing like almost half your squad it's crazy well and we've talked about it before i mean the depth of the suns is so big because of that reason because there's no dario because there's no campaign last year these are losses because we just didn't have the depth we didn't have nader who i really felt we could have used at a point in this game just to get to the rim and the Suns still had the ability to keep the offense humming and that's the goal. I mean, the reason I like Nader is because he can keep he can create offense when no offense is there to be created. And they didn't even use him tonight. It's like Dem Booker's back. All of a sudden, we don't need the Walmart version of Dem Booker, aka Abdul Nader, <laughs> aka Darth Nader, aka the Tornader. 
<laughs> the tornado you know what walmart i love walmart i mean i probably won't ever go there again because you can just order stuff but um i haven't left my apartment i think <laughs> forever obviously forever. like everybody else but um yeah it's great and the next game he might play so we're just blessed dude too blessed to be stressed or too stressed yeah. to be blessed. Whatever. I, I, I love it. Uh, Levi Smith asks, when will sticks start playing? It's a good question. I really am excited the prospect of Jalen Smith, but you take a look at the Suns right now, and I really feel like they're at a point where they, they don't need him. It's mm-hmm. like there's no time to develop him because he has offensive game, but he is lost on defense, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I mean, he he's been kind of all over the place on skates on defense. Um, it would be nice to see him play, but in those old Suns years, he would get a lot of minutes. He would be playing thirty minutes a game right now. We'd and be we'd like, be losing. And we'd be like, "What the hell is going on?" But he, I mean, every rookie came into the season in a short season, no summer, no time to train really with the team. So that's what Monty's really putting into this because every game is crucial. So if those minutes are going to be used properly, I trust Monty not to play him and just develop him. Maybe. This might suck, but I mean, next offseason, I mean, he's still, I can see it in him. I think there's potential in him. So I'm not worried that it's a bad pick yet because he can't really judge it because he hasn't played yet. And it's not because he sucks. It's because he just hasn't really played with the team and hasn't had good minutes because they need these wins. They need every win they can. So I'm not, I'm not upset about him or him not playing really right now at all. I mean, do you think of it that way? If you're just being upset, he's not playing. Completely agree. Obviously, I'd like to see what the kids got, but we don't need him right now. This isn't a team that's hanging out at the 13th seed in the the West like (laughs) the Dallas Mavericks are. I think it's a team that doesn't need its rookies, and that's why we only have you know him and Tyshawn Alexander are getting no playtime, and I'm okay with that because we're pulling out wins because of the depth. I mean, when you have Etwan Moore and Langston Galloway bringing the ball up the court, you don't want them trying to get the ball into sticks. Because he just doesn't know what to do yet, and especially on defense. So the depth of this mm-hmm. team is is the backbone of this team, and that's what is allowing us to stay in games. I mean, it's the second teams that are really saving our ass at this point until the last five minutes, and then the last two games in the last five minutes has been that first team unit led by Chris Paul that have put the Mavericks away in two consecutive games. So as much as we might all want to see what Sticks has, and we think that he has potential, uh, again, he's so lost on defense, I just don't think it's necessarily worth it. No, I don't think so either. So I'm fine. No complaints okay. here, buddy. Okay. Uh, real <laughs> quick, before before we go on to our Jammy Awards, our quarter season Jammy Awards, you which I always get excited for this. It's going to be a fun show, for everyone. Uh, I just did want to bring up, I thought this, the Mavericks were out of timeouts, and they got a timeout after Booker hit the three. Like They, ha- they challenged the play uh, with about three minutes left, and that was... They, they didn't get the challenge correct. It was uh, when the ball was off of Luka, and CP3 is like, no, it's definitely off of Luka. That, they lost all their timeouts. How did they get a timeout at the end? Did the refs just be like, um, yeah, just let them run a play? I don't know. GMsters got to let us know about that one because I wasn't paying attention to the timeouts when that happened. So I'm not too sure. I definitely did. I wrote in my notes. I'm like, is this legal? Yeah, I like how I give um, Monty a lot of crap for timeouts and stuff. And I don't even know how many timeouts we had in the end. God, that's that, That's another question, though. That's another question I have in my notes. And I guess we could talk about this real quick before we get into the jammies. What I'd really like to see what Monty's play call out of a timeout success rate is because it's not been good. I mean, the CP or obviously Booker hitting the big shot out of a timeout was huge, but it almost looked like it wasn't the play that was designed. CP3 was trying to take the ball on the wing and he got shut down. So he dished it out to Book and Book hit, you know, a three pointer to mm-hmm. ultimately win the game. But throughout the game, I've noticed that the opposition runs plays out of timeouts 
and is successful, and the Suns don't. Do you think this is an area of opportunity for the Suns? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if that's the one knock really right now, I mean, it's not been that bad then. I think that it would help. I mean, tonight the last play was pretty well drawn up, but then of course you get like the one where the Mavericks throw in the alley-oop to Luka, and he acts like he won the championship after hitting that tip in. Um, I think that obviously they can improve on it, but I don't really notice it too much right now in this game. I do notice it in the previous games, but not this game as much. I felt like they did a little bit better, but the season, yeah, as a whole, they can get a whole lot better. Exactly. They, they definitely can. Okay. Okay. And infinite tranquility says in the chat, CP three gave Monty credit for the last play call in the post game interview. So yeah, looking forward to watching and that it, once we're done here. It was a referee review too, at the end. That, see, that's what I, I didn't know if they had those in the NBA. Okay. They did. Okay, yeah. so it was the referee review to make sure that Booker, who was three mm-hmm. feet behind the three-point line, was actually a three. Okay, I see how it is. All right, we ready well, for the ladies and gentlemen, it's show. that time. The Jammies. So for those of you who are new to the program, first and foremost, welcome. We appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And hit the thumbs up button and follow us on YouTube and all that stuff because we're so close to 500 subscribers, so we're really excited about that. But the jammies are something that we do at the you know the beginning of the year and the end of the year. And then as we kind of hit benchmarks throughout the season, we talk mm-hmm. about them. And what they are, they are different awards that we dish out, not only for the Suns, but we also dish out for uh, the NBA in general. Like, for example... Who's the sixth man thus far of the season for the Suns? And who's the sixth man thus far for the season in the NBA? Mm-hmm. So we're going to go through a lot of these. If you're watching along live, let us know who you think is. We'll give you shout outs yes. there. Tell, we're gonna tell s- me how terrible my answers are, please. What's that? <laughs> yeah, tell, make sure you let Matthew know how horrible his answers are. Um, but we're going to start off with our first award. And that is the Big Dick Book Award. That is the team MVP for the Suns <laughs> and the league MVP for the NBA. So, Matthew, who do you have for your Big Dick Book Award? Well, right now for the Suns, I'm definitely going Chris Paul. I mean, I think we're both – I you released info earlier kind of spoiling this on Twitter that you're choosing Chris Paul. That was my pick too as well just because of the last week and how he won these last three games for the Suns, basically just behind him on his back because they needed it when Booker was out. Booker, of course, is a notch below. Aiden has had his stretch too as well. But Chris Paul overall, I mean, he is probably the closest guy we have to an all-star right now. And towards the end of the season, he'll be in the talks for MVP. I don't sure he won't win it, but he'll be in the talks, definitely. And then do you want me to do my league one too as well? Who's your league one so far? A quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, so it's my original pick, Jokic. Uh, Jokic is just insane. His numbers are skyrocketed points per game, 26.8. Rebounds 11.8. Like those are all career highs right now for Jokic. And his team is improving. They're 12 and 8 right now. He is like the lead league and all those weird stats, like win shares above replacement, all those like the crazy categories. He's mm-hmm. like number one, him and Embiid. Embiid is like a close second to me. I am just so surprised how the Sixers are playing. I mean, no, I'm not. I picked him to go to the finals. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're not a surprise to me, obviously. But Embiid is definitely, he's. He's pissed off this year, and I love the way he's playing. Him and Ben Simmons, they just are killing it. Ben Simmons defensively, Embiid defensively and offensively. 
they're just together are just they're a perfect pair. But I'm gonna go with Jokic, man. Who do you got for your picks? Okay, so just so you know, both of the CP3 and Jokic is who Matthew picked in the preseason. So so far, your expectations are being met a quarter of the way through the season yeah. for the Big Dick Book Award. Uh, for me, in the preseason, I chose Booker for this award, and I'm obviously giving it to CP3 as well. You take a look at a lot of people in the chat; they're green with us as well. Uh, you got Ross Rogers, you know, CP3 for MVP. Uh, Grim Ripa, Grim Ripa, <laughs> Big Dick Paul. <laughs> I love yes. it. I love it. You just put, yeah, put Big Dick in front of everybody, right? Yeah, Big Dick Paul, sure. Um, so that's that's where I'm going <laughs> for for the Suns. Is I agree, it's it's CP3. I mean, the, the season he's had so far, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. He's been absolutely paramount to the success for the Suns. Aiton's been a little up and down. Booker's been a little up and down. CP3 has been pretty steady. Uh, he's always been dishing out the assists, and as of recently, he's decided to turn off his op- or turn up his offensive game as well. Uh, you have some people agreeing with you as well as Jokic. You have Austin Phillips says Jokic for sure. Russ Rogers says Jokic is really the MVP. Infinite tranquility. Jokic guaranteed right now. Uh, I'm actually going with jo- Joel Embiid. Uh, 28.3 <laughs> points per game, 11.1 rebounds per game on a 32.2 usage percentage, and really <laughs> propelling that uh, that Sixers team to the top of the East right now, which, you know, only you really th- thought. I, I went back and I watched our, our preseason jammy episode uh, <laughs> yeah. and you were talking about how the 76ers were going to win the East. And I was just, I was, I must've back talked it like six times. I mean, I respect yeah, you. Were very upset. Yeah, you I was like, what that. over the bucks and the nets? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. And now here they are. I'm like, okay, yeah. Matthew's right. It's so, a long season though. Right. So it could yes. turn around. But that's why we do these things, um, We just to give us kind of benchmarks and to remind ourselves where we're at. Uh, Matthew, what's the yeah. next award? All right, next award, we got the Skeleton Key Award, which is a player who unlocks everything for his team. What are your choices, John? So for the Skeleton Key Award, uh, and this is, again, the team that – or the player who unlocks everything for his team – uh, I'm giving this to Cameron Payne. You know, at the beginning of the season, I said CP3, and it's probably still CP3. But you really see the difference with Cameron Payne this year. He's unlocked that second team unit. You definitely feel his absence since he's been out, you know, with the ankle issue. The second team, uh, until recently, didn't necessarily look as right, and we needed the first team to step up. Uh, so I think campaign is somebody who I think unlocks everything for this team. Uh f- for the the league, I originally said CP3 would be the Skeleton Key Award winner as well for the NBA. And I'm actually going to give it to Seth Curry. Uh, looking at the Philadelphia 76ers again, I think the acquisition of Seth Curry has been paramount to their success. The team is 12-2 and two in games that he plays and 3-4 and four in the games in which he doesn't. And he adds that shooting that makes both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid cook. They can play their game knowing that they have fire on the he's shooting like 45% from or may, I think it's 50%. I think he's shooting 50% from downtown. Yeah, he's going crazy right now. Unbelievable. So yeah. th- those are my picks for the skeleton key award. What do you think? Oh, I love your picks actually a lot. Thank I'm gonna you. agree with one of them. Campaign. I basically I miss him a ton coming off the bench, leaving that offense. You can't really replace the guy. I mean, it's somebody that we didn't expect a lot from, but he is just Every game, just making a difference. Sometimes the box score won't show up, but you can tell he's on the floor and he's filling those minutes great. He's my pick for the Suns. My other pick for the league, <laughs> it's actually going to be LaMelo Ball. I know it's a weird pick, but he's a rookie going into the to play for the Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets, a Charlotte team that hasn't been great 
for forever. And I think he's just really opening up a bunch for them. They're on TV. They're not on TV um, per se for games, but a lot of highlights. You can see them anytime you turn on NBA TV, there's like LaMelo Ball doing something crazy, unlocking a lot for this team potentially, I feel like, in the future. Uh, this season, though, I feel like they're going to have their best season they've had in a long, long time due to him being their fourth pick. So I'm going to choose him, really. And I was I had a big upside for him, and I think he's doing a tremendous job. I think he can improve a lot, of course, with his shooting. Um, oh, did my voice squeak a little bit? Damn no, it. You're good. Okay, what's the end? <laughs> uh, a lot of people <laughs> in, in the in the chat as well, you know, they, they're bringing up their yeah. – uh, you know, M- Mikhail is somebody who I'm seeing a lot of, you know, um, John Morant, John Morant on the on the league level. Um, Mikhail, uh, you know, CP3 runs the show and, and gets the potential out of everybody from the boogie trend. So that is definitely mm-hmm. a, 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 a I mean, he, I really I do think that CP3 does unlock everything, but I do like campaign because he does it for the second team. Um, Danny Green, the boogie trend, Blaze Megatron, potentially Jokic again. Um, let's see who else we got here. Uh, Ross Rogers loves the mellow pick. Uh, Miss Angelina was thinking LaMelo as well. Um, so yeah, a lot of guys are doing a lot of great things. Uh, yeah. uh, Kenneth Payne thinks Richard Dumas, you know, he thinks it's 1993 all over again. <laughs> so, uh, Matthew, the next award we have is the Matthews dad award. That's for the sixth <laughs> man because Matthew thinks that Eddie's his dad. So for those of you watching along, I've got a picture of me and Eddie, um, just to rub it in Matthew's face that I got oh, my with him. Yeah, <laughs> Shut up. Get out of here. <laughs> so just just for a point of reference for the Matthew's Dad Award preseason, Matthew said for the Suns that Dario was the sixth man for the Suns with uh, Javon Carter with an honorable mention. And from a league standpoint, Danilo Gallinari. Where are you at now, Matthew? <laughs> okay, right now with the Suns, I'm actually going to choose um, – I mean, hiking out with campaign, right? He's been out, but of course, same reasons as before. He's my sixth man. For the Suns right now, um, I don't want to get too much into him because it's the same shit. But sixth man for the league, honestly, it's going to be Jared Allen for me. I mean, getting traded from the Nets to go over to the Cavaliers, kind of lift them up. They've already had that sex land thing going on over there, which is great to see. But him being – probably the future starter for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's been off the bench and he's just been stellar, dude. I think it's a bad choice. I mean, what they have going on with Brooklyn right now is it's great. They have the three superstars, but he's a center, which I've always loved. I love his hair. I love his style, everything. But this year he's really came out. He's been the best player. I think around the league coming off the bench. I mean, there's probably another player out there, of course, that you're going to say, John, I'll agree with, but who Mm -hmm. do you got? Well, I'm going to stick with my original preseason pick of Dario being our sixth man because you see how valuable he is with and without him on the team. I just think that when he's in the game, I feel a lot more confident in our second team unit. Obviously, Big Frank yeah. has stepped up the past three games, so he's made us not miss Dario as much. But if you had asked me this question when the Suns were 8-8, eight and eight, easily the sixth man, the Matthews dad award for the Suns is Dario Saric. And my preseason pick, I'm holding true on it. That was Jordan Clarkson for the Utah Jazz. Uh, he's currently number one in the league in points per game for a player who started zero games. He's averaging 17.7 off the bench, and I think he's been playing fantastic. And uh, it's nice to see that a quarter of the way through the season, uh, my guy's still holding strong. So I'm, I'm excited on being right on that one. Um, Suns, I like what Ross Rogers says. Sun six man changes every week. This team is so deep. And that is yeah. uh, very true. Very true. What's no, no. What's, so I thought, gonna, I thought you're going to pull Dave King's comment because every time he comes on this podcast, you got to put up every comment he puts on there. Oh, oh, is Dave King joined us? Oh, there who's he is, that yeah. guy? Who's Dave King? Man. I've heard things know. about this guy. I hear good things. 
<laughs> are we going to the next award? So, What's the um, next award, Matthew? Next award is a Mad Max award, which is the most improved award of the season so far. Okay, yes, of course, Mad Max. We all know the first one fucking sucked. Uh, and then the next movie was pretty damn good. So in my opinion, it is the most improved movie from original movie to sequels. Therefore, yeah. we're talking about most improved players. We go with the Mad Max award. Uh, I'll, I'll kick this one off. My preseason, I said it was going to be Dario. Uh, for me, it's been Bridges. I think Bridges has been fantastic in his growth. I mean, again, he's having a rough time shooting the ball in the past couple games, but the fact that he's been shutting down Luka Doncic, shutting down anybody he plays against, he just continues to grow as a defensive player. And the fact that he's adding some offense to him, he can hit the three, he's been cutting a little bit more. Him and Frank have this beautiful relationship going on. I think that he, so far, is my most improved year over year. Uh, From a league level, preseason, I said Tyler Hero. Uh, I'm obviously going to go with Jeremy Grant. I think that, you know, the fact that he had 12 points per game last season and he's got 23.6 point per game this season with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, he had not what, like nine field goal attempts last season, 17 this year, 3.5 mm-hmm. rebounds last year, 5.9 rebounds this year. So Jeremy Grant, he's cooking up in Detroit. He's the most improved player. Matthew, you said Javon Carter was our <laughs> preseason most improved player and Lonzo Ball. So you, <clears throat> you missed on Ooh. both of these. Who are your picks? Yeah, but I also thought Lonzo Ball was going to get traded. That would help him too as well. So that didn't work out. There was a two-parter there. Uh, So for the Suns, I'm actually going to go DeAndre Ayton this year, most improved, because he went through that stretch where you just saw a different DeAndre Ayton for a whole week, and that's what we needed to see just for a glimpse to see if there was something there or not. He's been so consistent on the defensive end. I feel like tonight, few mishaps that's fine but just rebounding too i think he's just been really secure down there taking it taking the yelling to the like he actually absorbs everything so i love that i feel like he's learning and developing he's the most improved for the suns i think we needed him to improve this year mm-hmm. uh for this for the rest of the nba i'm gonna go Colin Sexton. i'm gonna stick with cleveland cavaliers and Sexland. I mean, his stats, points per game went up only four points, 24 points per game this year. Assists only up by one. But I think that just the winning and the chemistry with the team was a big issue, I think, with Colin Sexton going into this year, even last year, where they just thought he couldn't be really a point guard. So he's really improved to be a point guard for them, uh, just play any guard spot really on that team. So I'm going to choose him. Even though they're 9-11 and 11 this year, it's fine. I think for Cleveland, just like for the Charlotte Hornets, like it's it's an improvement. I'm picking these loser teams over and over again because I love that almost every team in the NBA is fun to watch. So I love to see Cleveland back at it. You're really loving those Cavaliers, huh? Yeah, I haven't watched one game either. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I, mean, will, I, I will tell you that they are now 10 and 11 following a win tonight. So they're, oh, fort- nice. they're fortifying your case. Uh, looking at what some of the jamsters are saying in the chat, uh, Miss, Miss Angelina uh, says, Aiton. Uh, the boogie trend says McHale, Sundress Dunks, yeah. most approved. Hmm, Nader, LOL, and that's that's actually not a bad pick. No, uh, yeah, I didn't expect anything from him. Um, DeAndre Ayton from Lace Bacon, so uh, definitely some people that are agreeing with you as well. Um, Isaiah Thomas is some is who said Isaiah Thomas? That's pretty funny. Le- Levi Smith, Isaiah Thomas, is he even playing anymore? Poor guy. Oh. I miss I miss it. Which All right, one? Matthew, what's the next award? All right, next award is the uh, Uncle Jesse Consopolis Award. The best hair. Best hair. All right, so so Matthew, you you had, for the Suns, you had Cameron Johnson preseason, and for the league, you had Kelly Oubre. Are you sticking by those picks? 
You know what, Kelly Oubre, I think I did mention like he was going to change his hair like six times. I think he changed it twice already, right? Something like that. Because he, yeah. first time they played the Suns. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. They didn't play it. First time I saw him play, it was longer than it was cut short when they played the Suns. I'm not going to go him. I'm actually going to go to some guy. I can't even find him on the internet, but I think he plays for the Thunder. He has a mullet. And it's like very, it's like shaved on the side. Well, it's a, it's a mullet. It's a mullet. Who is this? I don't know. I thought it was a thunder. I could not find him. Other, otherwise, you know, just throw it to Jared Allen, whatever. Gray hair. But this guy had a mullet, and I forget his freaking name. I could not find him this morning. Um, but um, yeah, that's worldwide. Or that's worldwide. That's the NBA wide hairdo for the Suns. I'm just gonna the dreads i'm gonna give it to jay crowder right those okay. are dreads right yeah is it like half and half or something but his hair is nice here's what's funny is the beginning of the season you said cam johnson i said jay crowder uh now you're taking crowder and i'm actually going booker i really like booker's hair this year it's not as high as it was he doesn't have any lines or anything it's a little bit shorter it's sleeker yeah. uh it, it opens him wide open for three pointers to win games over the vaunted dallas mavericks so Booker's got the Jesse Kostopoulos best hair award for the Phoenix Suns. And I normally say Jared Allen. The last three times we've done the jammies, for me, it's been Jared Allen. I'm just going to say Papa Ricky. Papa Ricky oh, rolled Rubio. I, I love his I hair. Uh, I, I miss him very much. Obviously, I don't miss him on nights like tonight when CP3 thoroughly and utterly dominates. And yeah. you get a lot more than you ever would have from Papa Ricky. But you know what? I will always respect the man <laughs> for his hair. So, God, um, Let's see. Did anyone ever see that commercial? No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> Ross Rogers, Cam Johnson, Jared, the fro Allen. Can't argue there. Uh, Jared um, Allen, the best, best hair easy from Fabio Nozaki. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? Uh, Miss Angelina Booker was tan tonight. Yeah, I noticed that too. He did look a little bit more tan. So we got pretty Ricky, uh, Mikhail Carter. Ha ha ha. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with a bald guy. Okay. Nothing wrong with the no, bald guy. All good. right. So our next award is the surprise the fuck out of you award for the guy who surprised the fuck out of you so far this year. Matthew, your preseason picks were CP3 for the Suns and Marvin Bagley. Where do you stand a quarter of the way through the season? Oh, that's interesting to go back in time and just hear that. You know, I guess it could be CP3 because you always got to throw the age out there. It's always like the Drew Brees, Tom Brady thing we have to hear every freaking year. It, But, I mean, it's nice to see CP3 really hasn't slowed down. And I'm going to choose um, – I'm probably going to choose – God, is this weird? I'm going to choose campaign again. I just feel like his – Dominance really coming off the bench, playing the point for the Suns is just huge. I'm going to choose him again for this award for the Suns. I'm just thinking okay. about it again. I don't know why. But then for uh, NBA, uh, I'm going to choose Jalen Brown. I think for the Celtics, he's been seriously the, the best player on the team, mm-hmm. right? He has to be putting up 27 points. Uh, he, he's improved on every stat. He's an all-star, probably a superstar, something really no one ever really saw. He got to 20 points last year, which is great, but he's just improved so much. And I think he just surprised the crap out of me this year by how well he's doing and how he's better than Jason Tatum already. Like it's just, it's, but did it's he surprise the fuck out of you? He did. Cause when I okay. looked up his stats, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. He's playing at an elite level. Everybody mm-hmm. talks about Jason Tatum, but Jalen Brown is just not only a, a fantastic basketball player, but a quality human being and individual. So it's great to see him have the success he is, especially over there in the Eastern Conference. I'm okay with it. Uh, for me, pre- I'm sticking with my preseason. I said Langston Galloway would be the surprise the fuck out of you guy, and he still is to me. I mean, every I, I absolutely love Langston Galloway. Uh, no wrong uh, picks. I live on Espo's Langston Lagoon. I absolutely 
think that he is a fantastic player. I, I, again, another quality human being and individual. Um, I'd even mention the last game when we were wearing the Valley jerseys, he had the orange shoes. Like, Mikel's done it with the yellow shoes, but Langston brought out the fire orange shoes. Like, not only does he uh, put up those points in a fury and have that quick shot, but he looks good doing it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I said LaMelo Ball would be the surprise the fuck out of you award winner. And I'm actually going with Julius Randle. I mean, everything that he's done in New York is kind of what we always thought he was capable of when he played for the Lakers and the Pelicans. Yeah. And he's he's carrying that team. Uh, you look at the the New York Knicks, you know, they faltered as of late. Um, but they're currently sitting at 9-13. and 13, But he was putting up near triple doubles every night. So really seeing his progression as a player is surprising the fuck out of me. You look at what some of the Jamsters are saying, Infinite Tranquility, Kaminsky, uh, Miss Angelina says Aiton, the Boogie Trend, he says Frank, uh, and from a uh, league level, we have uh, Jalen is is nice. I like his midi from the Boogie Trend. Oh. Um, Christian Christian Wood thought he was going to be a one-hit wonder. He hasn't. I think that's very important because uh, I also thought Gordon Hayward, another guy who's having a fantastic year playing for the Hornets. He's really had the option now that he's not the fourth option on the Celtics. He's the number one option. On the Hornets, he's really starting to play well. Vincent Stefanelli says Nader and Jalen Brown. Uh, let's see, Colin Sexton, Nader, Hayward, Andrew Wiggins. Interesting. There's a Mike so, Connolly. Mike Connolly on Mike too. Connolly. Yes, I was. He's really choosing until I saw Jalen Brown. You know, I just had a. I was like, which one am I going to choose? It was between those two. Yeah, he's he's back to the old Mike Connolly. Yeah, and that's what's really opened up that right. Jazz team. I mean, you think about it, they were really bad last year in, in stretches because Mike Conley just didn't give them what they expected. Now they've it, it's taken the stress off Donovan Mitchell. It's allowed Rudy Gobert to play a little bit better uh, defensively, and it's just it's been really impressive to watch that team. I don't, I'm not a, I can't stand the Jazz. Actually, uh, they're boring to me. But a good Mike Conley is bad for the Suns. Just so. boring colors, boring everything yes. with their colors and their logo. That's why I don't like them. Yep. No, All right. What's our? I agree. I agree. I'm well, I'm dead serious. All right. Next award is this is my turn to announce. It's yeah, your it turn is. to announce the Bob Gutton Award, Defensive Player of the Year Award. Who do you got, John? All right. So Bob Gutton, for those of you who remember a wonderful movie called The Shawshank Redemption, Bob Gutton was the warden, and therefore warden equals defense. Although I guess he wasn't technically a great defender because Andy Dufresne did escape from uh, the Shawshank prison but if i look at my bob gutton award winner my defensive player of the year so far uh preseason i said it would be da and i'm gonna stick with da i really like the leaps that he's made on defense this season he continues to grow and get better uh not the greatest performance i would say necessarily tonight but he was uh he still deterred enough shots and played great defense on luca straight up blocked him one time so he does something every game that just makes me excited to watch him play defense from a league level i said Giannis preseason i'm actually going to go with rudy gobert for those boring uh utah jazz he's a 2.73 defensive real plus minus which is second in the league behind clint capella and he's on the team with the third opposition points per game allowed. I mean, he's the anchor of a really good defensive team. And it's one of the reasons we talk about Mike Connolly on offense. You look at defense and Rudy Gobert has really played very well for that team. Who do you have, Matthew? Just so you know, you said Mikhail Bridges and Ben Simmons before the season began. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I would stick with both. Um, I After tonight's game and after the stretch of Chris Paul, I just, I know he's older, but he his defense, I feel like has really stood out to me lately. Um, I think he's really leading the team now. I mean, 
DA has always kind of been the anchor, but I, just his defense, wait, like waiting for the defenders, or I'm sorry, for the opposition to come down, drawing fouls, just putting guys in bad situations. He's doing a lot where he's going up, even like tonight with behind with Luca and just stealing the ball away from him because he's so little, get in there, a little cute guy, you know, steal the ball. But I think I'm just going to put CP3 out there just to put him out there. I mean, we can okay. say Mikhail, of course, but it's just so great. We have three good defenders on our team, great defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sticking with Ben Simmons. I think he's, yeah, he's sixth in the league with steals. Defensive plus minus leads the league. Fourth in defensive win shares right now. And he's just playing on one of the best teams in the league right now. And I think they just are just committed to trying to win a championship this year. And that just puts a lot on the shoulders of Ben Simmons on the defensive end. And if he can hold this up, they have a good chance at it. I just think he can still have a shot at defensive play of the year. Gobert will probably win it, but I really like Ben Simmons at defensive end. Defensive end? Yeah, he's, he's yeah, great. He's great. Not defensive, uh, not defensive, not defensive tackle. Not defensive tackle, yeah. <laughs> All right, we only got a couple more. Thanks, you jamsters, for hanging out with us, going over our jammies. Yeah. You know, we like putting this out there so we know come the end of the season who was right and who was wrong. And uh, so far, Matthew always wins. Uh, next up is we have the Acid Jeans Awards, and I actually don't have a graphic for it, so I'm just going to go there. Boom, Acid Jeans, and that's just for the the washed player, aka how's this guy getting minutes. And before the season began, Matthew, you said Etwan Moore for the Suns and Trevor Reza. Obviously, this is a complete shot in the dark, <laughs> considering none of these guys were getting minutes, and we would just kind of mm-hmm. guess. Um, do you stick by Etwan Moore and Trevor Reza for your Acid Jeans Award? Oh, it's so tough with the Suns, you know. Maybe Etwan Moore, just because he doesn't put up the stats, but I still like him on the court. I, yes. He doesn't do anything bad right now. I can't really – I'm going to still leave it with him, even though I can't choose anybody else. Um but because I feel like whenever a Suns player is in there and he's not doing well, I mean, he's not earning his minutes, Monte will pull him. I think that's what we're seeing this year a lot. So I'll stay with Etuan Moore. Uh, league wide, I'm going to go Boogie Cousins. I think that he, oh my God, no. Is he even playing right now? I don't even know. Let's just, I'll say Boogie Cousins. I don't like this award right here. It's yeah, too mean. It is. Award. I feel bad. And it's like bad. Pre- preseason, I said Damian Jones, and he's not getting any minutes anymore. So it's like, I can't yeah. choose him. I, I agree with you. It's it's tough picking. I look at a lot of the, the, the jamsters who are watching the jammies along with us, and they, they're saying more as well. Uh, yeah. And I think we all kind of agree. You know, it's not necessarily somebody who, uh, you know, you got, you got one for, um, what's what's for sticks, you know, when he plays, you know, it, it's I don't really feel like there's anybody who's washed on this team. And that's a nice thing about the Phoenix Suns right now is we have a quality lineup that doesn't necessarily have anybody who was washed. Uh, I said Udonis Haslam at the beginning of the season. I'm actually going to go with Andre Iguodala. He's currently the oldest okay. guy in the league and he averages 20 minutes a game and only 4.6 points per game. So I'm just kind of he, he's washed. You know, he's definitely at the back end of his career playing it out with the heat. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, our last right. jammy before we get out of here today is the beer crack award. And that is quite simply for our favorite player. So Matthew, before the, the season began, you said Booker was your favorite mm-hmm. player on the Suns, and John ja Morant was your favorite player, not yeah. on the Suns. Do you yeah. stick by both of those guys? Well, I would have John ja didn't get hurt, which is very, very sad to see. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Now that he is out, you guys are not going to like this pick. It's going to be uh, LeBron James. It's always LeBron with you. No. <laughs> but shh, don't tell anybody I'm picking LeBron. And then for the Suns, I'm actually going to pick uh, my favorite player, Chris Paul, right now. I, I mean, and Devin Booker. And then, and then DeAndre Ayton. 
Mikhail Bridges and <laughs> who else do we have? Cam Johnson, just picking the whole Suns team. You know? I love this team, man. I love this yeah. team right now. Oh, yeah, I absolutely man. love this team. Um, for me, before the season began, I said Booker, and then outside of the Suns, I said KD. Um, for me, it's it's kind of morphed to Mikhail. I think I've just really been interested in his evolution and his game, and I absolutely love Mikhail Bridges. I like defense. I like guys who are focused on defense, and when he starts displaying a little bit of that offensive prowess. It really gets me excited. Uh, Kevin Durant is just, it's beautiful to see him play the way that he does his fluidity, his jump shot, everything about him. I've always enjoyed watching and just seeing him come back from the Achilles injury and play the way that he has. It's been exciting to watch. And again, they're over there in the, uh, in the Eastern conference. So I can like them. I can, LeBron James, that motherfucker. We got to go against him four times this year, man, or three oh, times, whatever LeBron the hell it is. LeBron. Where'd he go? Did someone say LeBron, one of the jamsters? No, you did. You I just said it very him. quietly. <laughs> well, we take a look at our jamster loyals. And let's see. We got CP3 and Jokic for Mario Lopez. We got Donovan for DW1707. Uh, Vincent Stefanelli, Book and Jalen Brown. Kaminsky and Bridges Connection for Christian Zabowski. Booker, I'm one of the very few Jamal Murray fans. Interesting. Uh, he's on my top five. I hate those guys. Uh, actually, Bridges and Steph for Miss Angelina. Um, Book for, for Payne. Langston Galloway and Steph. A lot of love for Steph out there. Uh, Bridges and Curry. So, Buddy Boy 94, Bridges and Curry. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of great things going on around the Phoenix Suns. That's why we yep. cracked the beers open for them. Um, that is it for this and this is only the quarter season. We'll come back after the all or right around the all star break. But that was the jammies. Always a good time doing the jammies. Oh, there he is. It's There's hot who? time, baby. It's hot time, baby. Said LeBron and Bridges. There he is. That's the guy that said LeBron. I did not see that, but I, I'm glad you you brought that up. LeBron James, yeah. whatever. Kudos to LeBron James. Keep being ageless and doing whatever the hell you want to do. Buying your way to championships, whatever. Uh, we're trying to develop one here in Phoenix. We traded the right way to get CP3. We didn't have AD throw a fit in New Orleans, not want to play at the last two years of his contract because he wanted to be with LeBron. But that is for another day and another story. Um, Matthew, is there anything else you want to talk about on this fantastic Monday evening in which the Suns beat the Dallas Mavericks 109 to 108 and we went over our quarter season jammy awards. No, I mean we just we have to be lucky, you know, say your prayers again tonight so the Suns continue this. Uh if you're not religious, do whatever you do and just hold rocks in your hands, whatever it is. I'm not even that religious. But honestly, I finished Cobra Kai, one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you finally finished it, huh? Guys have not watched it. It's really good. Dude, Cobra Kai is legit. It's badass. I was drinking Court's Banquet beers for like a month and a half straight while I was going through it. Um, Yeah, fantastic show. I'm actually halfway through season seven of Mad Men. I actually was sitting around watching it last night making old fashions in Manhattans while I was doing it because I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to finally do it. Like seven season (laughs) ends. I'm I'm tired of watching these guys drink old fashions all day. I'm finally going to buy all the shit. So. Now I have a bunch of stuff to make old fashions and I'll probably it'll just sit in my liquor cabinet because I'm not really an alcoholic. <laughs> I, the only time I ever drink beer is when I do the podcast. Yeah. And I yeah, watch yeah. shows and I watch games and yeah, you, know, you know, all those things. So uh Miss Angeli says Gamora on HBO is and then three head exploding emojis. That's good to know because I am looking for another show to watch because you're done with Cobra Kai. 
I got to get HBO Max. I don't have it yet. I, yeah, I got to get it too. I will soon. Um, if you want to donate to the Suns Jam Session donate. podcast, so Matthew and I can get 50, if you can give us 15 bucks a month so we can get HBO Max, hell, we'll share the username and uh, the user thing, the user, username. Yeah, that's what it's called. Uh, go ahead and just Venmo me, John Voida. Yeah. I'm on Venmo at John Voida. Just, just send the money to me that way. Then I can watch HBO and we could talk about that too. Uh, look at someone saying the, the Expanse. Um, so a lot of great shows. The Stand on CBS. All access is good in my opinion. Um, okay. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good, good shows. Show. Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, I think that's it for this version, this episode, if you will, of the Suns Jam Session podcast. A reminder: if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the thumbs up button. If you're not watching on YouTube, go to our YouTube channel. Just hit the thumbs up button. Hit subscribe. We appreciate it. We're ever so close to 500 subscribers, and. My goal is by the end of the season to hit a thousand, a thousand jamsters out there who watch along live with us. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, fantastic. We appreciate that too. We really appreciate you taking the time. Just hang out with us. Uh, win, lose, or draw. You know that we shall be here after every game. Uh, if you're listening on the Bright Side Podcast Network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review as well. Remember to follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lucy, what are you laughing about? I don't know. I was just reading the comments, and oh. uh, <laughs> no, Dave was asking. I don't know if he's asking us and watch. Yeah, the, we watched the wire. Have you watched the wire? That yeah, is yeah. one of the greatest shows ever. We've both seen that, right? We watched it together. No, we didn't. Maybe. <laughs> That's All false. Right. False. I watched Whatever. it during quarantine. Gotta get out of here, you right? watched it in your room when we lived together and you came out and you're like the wire is a really good show i was like <laughs> okay season four of the wire is one of the greatest seasons ever made so yeah it is yeah so i mean that's all we got right is this it yes as, as grim reaper says I, uh tell a friend to tell a friend join the sun's jam session podcast we'll be back live on wednesday following a victory over the new orleans pelicans that's all I have for tonight. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Have a fantastic Tuesday, Suns fans. 11-8, baby. 11-8. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Go home and love your family. Amen. And watch TV.